Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to the Bliss Bean Show. Today is a Segovian holiday, so I don't have any classes. Therefore, I was inspired to record an episode about how the first few weeks of college have been for me especially regarding trying to figure out what study methods work for me because obviously this is quite different from how things were in high school. Also, there is the tiny little detail, the tiny little fact that I was not in school for like, let me see, two two years and three months, I think, because I took two gap years. So two years plus summer break, that was a long time to go without being in any kind of formal schooling and so I really had to get used to the whole taking notes, doing homework, taking tests thing. It wasn't that hard honestly because I've always liked school but there were things that were kind of unexpected for me. For example, um, the first time that I had lectures to go to, I was really stressed out about one of like my phone or my watch or my computer, something making a noise. Um, I hadn't realized that over the course of the two years, I pretty much was never in a situation where I needed to worry about silencing. Like, I didn't go to movie theaters because those were closed during COVID. I didn't go to classes. There was just no environment where you needed to make sure that all of your electronic devices were silenced. And I did not even think about that. But like, I was so anxious that I'd forget to turn down the volume on my computer and I would open a new website And that website would just have one of those annoying ads that auto plays and it would be in the middle of a silent classroom. I think that did happen to me once or twice, like something quietly started playing in one class and I turned it off right away. And then a timer started ringing in another class, a timer I don't even remember setting. But these were things that I didn't think about before uh, before I started college. So it has been an adjustment in some ways. So One of the things that I want to talk about in this podcast episode was how I've been figuring out how I want to take notes. So in my YouTube video titled How I'm Preparing for the Academic Year or something like that, I said that in high school, basically all the way through school up until now, I actually did paper notes, which surprised a few people because I am pretty vocal about liking digital planning better than paper planning but for me planning and learning are very different activities and so in high school I actually did prefer to keep my to-do list and calendar on my computer on digital tools but I took all of my um, notes for classes on paper in notebooks. I think I did do digital flashcards and of course I wrote my essays and homework assignments things like that in google docs and stuff but yeah i remember doing all of my notes by hand highlighting and that worked quite well for me so in that video i said that i was open to either method because i know that a lot of students do um do notes on their laptops in college and so what i said was i'm going to start with paper notes And if I find that it's hard to keep up and it's not really working for me, then I will switch to digital. So (laughs) now that it's been a few weeks, I can recap how that has gone. So I started with this uh, pretty big lined notebook that I was using for all of my classes. 
because I didn't want to buy a notebook for every single class if I wasn't even sure that I wanted to do paper notes. And also, there just hasn't been that much material to take notes on, so I didn't think I could fill a notebook either. So I had this one big notebook, and like at the top of the page, I would write the date and what class it was, and then I would also try to like highlight the title um, in a different color for each class so that then I could flip back and easily find all of my notes for one specific class. This worked okay during lectures because my main concern with the paper notes was that I wouldn't be able to keep up during lectures, but actually it turned out to be quite the opposite. The paper notes worked all right during lectures because there wasn't that much information so I could easily jot it down. The problem came when we had readings to do. So for example, one of the first things that we did in Communication Foundations was we covered the history of how different mass media have developed over time. So that was a lot of details, like a lot of little historical dates and names and things like that. So that got quite tedious to write down by hand. And at that point I was like, okay, I give in, I'm gonna do digital notes, but I wasn't sure what tool I wanted to use. I don't really know what my classmates use. Anytime I look over at their computers, it doesn't seem like there's one, any most popular tool. There's kind of a, mis uh, a mishmash, like uh, some people are using Apple Notes, some people are using Microsoft Word and just like saving files and folders on their computer. I knew I wanted something that was like a note-taking app you know, like I didn't want separate documents saved on my computer. I wanted something that just had everything in one place and was kind of more easy and intuitive to use. So full disclosure, the reason that I ended up using the app that I now use is because they reached out to me for a sponsorship. So Evernote um, had an offer for me. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a try because I don't currently have a note-taking app for school. That deal actually fell through, but at that point I'd been using Evernote for a couple of weeks and it worked quite well. So I was like, okay, that's a bit of a bummer that they're not gonna sponsor me, but at least I found something that works okay for me and maybe we will be able to do something together in the future. But what I really like about Evernote is the fact that it combines notes and tasks into one app, which for other things in my life, like for example, personal planning or for YouTube content, I don't think that would work so well. But for homework, that's literally the structure. Like there's notebooks. So a notebook for each class is, works, is what works really well for me. There's notes, which is obvious. Like you take notes on what you read, the lectures that you listen to. And then there's tasks, which are homework assignments. And they're really simple. It's just what you have to do and the due date. And you just have to keep track of all of that. Prior to using Evernote, when I was still doing my notes in a paper notebook, the way that I was keeping track of homework assignments was I had, you know that app on Mac called Stickies? I think I mentioned it in my How I Organized My Laptop Tour. It's just this Mac app that puts little sticky notes on your desktop. It's like the most basic app you could imagine, but I like to use it whenever I just need to write something down. So I just put it on this digital sticky note. So I had one sticky note just for homework. I would have like a bold header for each class. And then under that header, I would write down what I needed to do. And then in parentheses, the date that it was due, which was okay, like still the same general idea, but it just got a little messy. Um, so once I started using Evernote, I was like, oh, this is a much uh, more organized, cleaner way to do it. 
so basically what I did was I started with a notebook. So I have a notebook for each class and the way I named it is just Y1S1 and then the name of the class. So for example, Y1S1 writing for media. So that's year one, semester one. And then eventually once I have other classes under my belt, that system will keep all of them organized by year and by semester. Within each notebook, I have a note for each class session. So on my calendar, I'm subscribed to my class calendar that's on Blackboard and that embeds it directly into my iCal. So anytime there is a class scheduled on the calendar, it has the session number on it. So that's a good way to keep track of, like a good way to um, title and organize your notes. So for example, in my communication foundations notebook, I have one that's titled Session 11 Limited Effects Research. So the title is just kind of like a very general um, description of what was covered in that reading slash lecture. Within the note for that session, I like to combine the notes that I took for the reading to prepare for the class, as well as any notes that I might have for the lecture. So I don't separate that into two separate notes because the reading and the lecture basically cover the same topic, so I want it all in one place. And then to organize the notes, I just do bullet points. Um, I use headers for like if I'm going through the textbook and there is a section a header in the textbook, I also copy that into my notes. And you can also highlight in different colors in Evernote. So I just use the same colors that I used to use in my paper notes. Whenever there's a vocab word, I will put that in bold, then do equal sign, definition, and then I put the word in orange and headers I put in pink. So I just find that really helps me when I'm, when I'm going back through my notes and reviewing them and the like main ideas and the vocab words really stand out to me visually. And then my favorite feature is the tasks in Evernote. So as I said before, I was putting all of my homework assignments on a sticky on my computer desktop, but now Evernote actually has a built-in tasks feature. So if you do command T, it creates a task within a note, like it puts a little checkbox and then you write the assignment. Um, you can do a due date and maybe other settings, but all I do is write the task and the due date. So I will put that assignment in the session that it's for. So for example, if I need to do a reading before session nine, like I need to show up to session nine having read this material, I will create a new note, title it session nine and create a task in there. And then as I'm reading it and taking notes, I will put those notes in that same note, the session nine note. I feel like I'm just saying the same words over and over, but I hope this makes sense. So I put what I need to do, I set the due date, and then the really nice thing is that in the sidebar, you can click on tasks and then see all of your tasks compiled in one place by due date or by note. I usually like to see it by due date. So like, for example, I'm looking at it right now. Um, there's not a lot of homework right now, which is great, but it's organized into what is due tomorrow what is due in the next seven days, and then what is due in the future, so even beyond the next week. So this whole system has been working quite well for me. I will say that most of my notebooks are quite empty, except for the Communication Foundations one, and I will talk later more about why Communication Foundations, in my opinion, is like the only good class that, I, okay, maybe that's a little harsh, 
let's say it's my favorite class. It's the class where I learn the most. So obviously there's gonna be the most material in that one. I have currently 15 notes in that class. So basically we've had about 15 sessions, one note for each session. And then the other classes have like two to five notes because there's just not that much material that we cover there. But honestly, even if I only use this for communication foundations, it would still be worth it because it really helps me to organize all of the material. As for the issue of time management, I think that has been the most difficult thing to adjust to regarding back to school. Um, the taking notes, the homework, the actual studying, all of that has been fine because as I said, I'm a little bit of of a nerd so I actually enjoy that kind of stuff for the most part. The difficult thing has been planning my time now that you know I don't get to make my own decisions about how I spend my time. I have these assignments that just pop up out of nowhere and they're due in a day or in two days for example and I have to make time for that but I don't know about it at the start of the week so I can't necessarily prepare for it. So what I've been doing is if there are assignments that I know I need to work on, like it's Sunday and I'm doing my weekly planning and I know that this assignment is coming up, for example, writing an essay, which we do find out about quite far in advance or an exam to study for, I will put that on my calendar because I can sort of estimate how long that will take. But for assignments that will inevitably pop up that I don't yet know about, I also schedule in some random blocks of work time. Often that's in the morning, but really just wherever it makes sense for that specific week. Like I don't really have a system. I just kind of go week by week. So for example, this Friday, I have a little bit of a weird schedule. I have a writing for media class from 8.30 to 11.20. And then I have a writing skills class from 3 to 4.20. So from 11.20 to 3, I have this chunk of free time during which I need to have lunch. So it doesn't really make sense for me to go home like for an hour, come back, have lunch, then go back for another hour and then go to my class. That's way too much walking. Also, it's uphill, so it's very tiring. Um, so what I decided to do was since I'm going to be on campus, the easiest thing for me to do is to just work on homework. Um, other stuff... I don't know, I just feel like my brain is best suited to focusing on homework when I'm on campus. And so what I did was I scheduled from 11.20 to 1, a chunk of work time on homework, um, a short lunch hour, and then 1.45 to 3, more homework time. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to be working on. It's probably going to be some sort of reading, maybe like sometimes for communication foundations, we have to watch a video lecture and answer some questions. Whatever is on my homework to-do list is what I will work on during that time. The important thing is that I have some time set aside for that. I don't want to find myself in the middle of the week struggling to fit in a homework assignment that is due the next day. And if I actually end up overscheduling my homework time, that is literally not a problem. That's the best kind of problem to have. That is just extra free time that I can then decide how I want to spend. So I've had to be more flexible with my time blocking, but so far with this system, it's been working okay. Um, so one of the, well, no, not one of the, the most popular video that I have on my channel is like eight study tips or something like that 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 has gotten over a million views which i was shocked by um apparently people like study methods so 
one of the things that I talked about in there was active recall and that has been like at the forefront of my mind. I'm always trying to force myself to do active recall. So for example, uh, recently for globalization, we had a little quiz. For some reason, we just, we had this homework assignment where we had 50 questions about the United Nations, like such random information. And we had to go on the internet and find these answers. And then we had a quiz with 15 questions based on what we read. So for that, it was very clear to me that active recall would be the best strategy. I filled out the worksheet. I made flashcards on Quizlet, the first flashcards that I have made so far this academic year. And I just ran through those twice. I think I did the bulk of the memorization as I was filling out the worksheet that first time. And then as I was making the flashcards and then running through the flashcards by that point, I only needed to do it like once or twice um, just to brush up on it before I took it. Another example is what has probably been my most favorite homework assignment so far is this study guide that we did for communication foundations for our midterm. So this covered everything we've learned up until this point. It was like a very, very complete study guide. Um, again, I'm going to talk later about why I love this class so much, but the study guide was just very effective at getting you to learn what you actually needed to know. So like the questions um, asked you to define the key terms, but then also come up with your own examples, which is key to studying, like making personal connections that your brain is actually going to remember. Um, you had to explain different concepts, like not just regurgitate definitions, but actually somehow kind of prove to yourself that you have an understanding of what that concept means. So filling out that study guide, it was a pretty long process, but I feel like just through filling it out, I have completed 90% of the studying that I'm going to do for this exam. Um, as I was going through it, I challenged myself not to refer to my notes or my textbook like the first time that I went through it. I wanted to see how much I could remember on my own. And like literally, this is me getting a little bit nerdy about how cool learning is, but like as you're challenging yourself to do this, you almost feel your brain like working hard and expanding, <laughs> trying to pull things out of the memory bank that you might have um, just forgotten and shoved aside after you initially took those notes. After I did that, then I went to my textbook and my notes and I filled in any information that was missing. Um, even if I did feel like I answered the question completely from my memory, I still like to just review what I had in my notes in the textbook just to kind of supplement and see if I missed anything. So this was why I was a little bit annoyed with people in my class who were um, messaging in our group chat asking for, has anyone like filled out the United Nations worksheet? Can they send their answers? Has anyone filled out the study guide that can send it? And I totally understand that because it is helpful to check your answers. Like someone sent their United Nations answers and I checked a couple of my questions with what they wrote down. But I also like, I really hope that people are actually filling out the study guide themselves and not just looking at someone else's filled out study guide and trying to study from that. Because truly the process of filling it out, practicing that active recall, um, like literally making that journey back through what you learned, going back through your notes and your textbook, searching for information, stumbling across other pieces of information on your way there, making connections that you didn't see before. 
that is what makes up the bulk of learning, I think. I think this is exactly what I talked about in that study tips video. So yeah, overall my degree hasn't required much of this kind of intense studying, active recall stuff, but for these types of memorization quizzes, for communication foundations, it has been incredibly helpful. One thing I've been thinking about is how in high school, when we took AP classes, basically the idea of AP classes was that you're taking a college level course in high school. And they would always tell us like, this is what college is gonna be like. You're gonna have to do a lot of reading um, at home and then you're gonna have lectures and stuff. And honestly, college has not been like that. So I feel a little lied to. <laughs> the only class that has been like that has been communication foundations. And I absolutely love it because this structure makes sense to me. You go home, you do a reading, and then you go to class and you do a lecture. You kind of review the information. The professor adds additional examples to help you understand it. You participate in discussions and stuff. And I don't know, it's just like a very clear structure, whereas the rest of my classes just kind of feel like a mess. Like, remember I said that in my notes, I have tons of communication foundations notes, but then the other classes, like there just isn't material to take notes on. <laughs> and that's not what I was expecting from college. So in the future, I hope that more of my classes are like communication foundations. I just feel like I learn more and it makes more sense to me when it's structured like that. One thing that I've realized about note taking is that I actually don't like taking notes during lectures. I think what works best for me is to take notes on the textbook because the textbook tends to be pretty complete and densely packed with information. And then the lecture for me is just like a really engaging way to review it. It's like just attending a review session. And so for me, it's better not to like focus on writing down what's on the presentation slides because I feel like that's distracting from the information that's actually helpful but to just listen to the professor um, and absorb that information. I did refer back to the presentation slides, like the PowerPoints that our professor uploaded to Blackboard when I was filling out the study guide, but I definitely did not regret not taking notes during lectures. So obviously this is not gonna work if like your lectures present tons of new information, but for me, I found that that is the method that works best for me. And I wouldn't say necessarily that for a class to be good or for me to enjoy a class, it has to be that strict like reading lecture exam, <laughs> reading lecture exam, reading lecture exam kind of structure because some of my favorite classes have not really fit that. For example, AP, what is it called? Like English, English language and composition. That was one of the best classes I've ever taken. I had an incredible teacher. I feel like I actually learned how to write in this class. I don't really know how to explain this, but I don't think I knew how to actually write before I took that class. And our teacher really pushed us to do a lot of writing and not just like write it and be done with it, but really edit it and make it perfect and really flow well. The sort of equivalent similar class that I have in college here is writing skills. And it is literally so useless. <laughs> uh, I don't wanna be too harsh, but really all that we do is we show up to class and there's like this presentation the professor just reads off of the slides. We don't do anything in class. We don't actually practice the methods. They just throw information at us and then they're like, okay, uh, your midterm assignment is to write an essay using everything that we've learned. And it just doesn't make sense to me. So 
Overall, I've honestly been a little disappointed with the college experience so far academically because I was really excited to learn. Like, I took two gap years, so at this point I was actually missing that entire process of studying and learning information, and I was hoping to get that, and I just haven't um, gotten as much of that as I thought that I would. I am hopeful that maybe it's just because this is the first year that these are kind of foundational classes, and once we get into more um, specific topics, then it'll change, but who knows? At the moment, I actually like really miss my math classes and just any content heavy classes like psychology or biology from high school because in those classes, you really felt like the sense of accomplishment where you understood a concept and you worked with it in different ways. For example, in math, like there's literally a right answer that you get to and that is so satisfying. At the end of the day, I can't complain too much because I feel like it just hasn't been that much work so far. The workload is not that bad. It would be really bad if we had a ton of work and none of it was actually useful and we weren't learning anything. Then I would have a little bit more complaints. But for the time being, since it's been kind of easy, I don't really mind. One thing that has been annoying me a little bit and this is about the people in my class. So if anyone is listening, please don't take this personally. I just feel like people are stressing out too much, you know, like we don't have that much homework and I feel like because we don't have as much work as the other degrees, they're just kind of magnifying the importance and the stress of the work that we do have to make up for us having less, if that makes sense. Like for the United Nations quiz or for any of the quizzes that we've had in globalization, they're these tiny short multiple choice quizzes just to literally check to make sure that we've actually done the reading and it just annoys me when people are really stressed out about it and like asking a lot of questions um before the quiz to the point where we can't get to the actual quiz because people have so many questions about how it's gonna be or how people normally do on the quiz and i don't know at the end of the day i'm like okay patrice you need to mind your own business because Other people's reactions do not impact you in any way. Just like focus on your own work. Um, But yeah, that has been a little pet peeve of mine. For midterms in my degree, we have one essay for that writing skills class um, and one exam for communication foundation. So the essay for writing skills, we've kind of been working on it little by little the past few weeks. Like we would have to submit the thesis that we're planning on using we'd have to submit one of the arguments our last assignment was literally to submit the full outline which was practically writing the entire essay so for the actual essay which is due this week i think i'm just gonna have to like add in a few connection transition words and basically be done with it hopefully and then the communication foundations exam our professor basically said if we filled out the study guide then we'll be ready for the exam Um, And I'm actually excited for this exam, I have to say, because I feel like I understand the concepts really well, and they're actually really interesting to me. So, I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's not going to be fun fun, but I'm definitely not dreading the exam. Let's just put it that way. The last thing that I wanted to do in this podcast episode was just kind of give you a little overview of the classes that I have right now, because a lot of people have been messaging me about this. Uh, asking what degree I'm doing and then also what the classes are like. So 
I'm gonna tell you the five classes that I'm currently taking. The first one is writing for media, which is basically just journalism, like reporting and writing articles. Um, this class is fine. I don't have a huge opinion on it either way. The assignment that we're currently working on, I do dislike with a passion. It is a reaction story. So the first assignment was to write a hard news story, just reporting the basic facts of something that is going on on campus. And the reaction story is to take something that has happened in the news and then write a story about how people in Segovia feel about this piece of news and are responding to it. So literally one day for class, we had to meet up at the aqueduct, which is like the center of the city. And then we had to go and interview people. I hated this. Okay, I hated this because we could partner up with people. She said, like, if you don't speak Spanish, partner up with someone who does. And my level of Spanish is where is at a level where I was like, okay, I don't need a Spanish speaker to help me, but I don't think I could help a non-Spanish speaker. And so I went on my own. And this was so terrifying. I hated this experience, <laughs> especially because some people... I mean, I, I completely understand. I would not want to be interviewed either. But, like, it's just so scary to be rejected. Like, you walk up to a person and you're like, Hi, I'm a, I'm a student and I'm writing a report. And they just, they don't even say anything to you. They just shake their head and wave you away. And you're like, okay, sorry for bothering you. Have a nice day. So that was kind of traumatic. And I actually didn't finish my interview, so I have to finish them up this week. And I am dreading that so much. Um... But other than this experience, it has been, okay, we're supposed to read, what's it called? In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, C Capote, Truman Capote. And I haven't started it, but as far as I know, it's a pretty interesting book. So that should be fairly fun. The second class that I have is Globalization. This is my least favorite class. I don't want to say too much in case someone from my class listens to this podcast and then snitches on me to the professor. But I just don't think it is a good class. It's just a bad class. I genuinely have not learned anything except random facts about the United Nations for that one quiz that we had. The discussion questions that we do for like the online forum are so incredibly vague. They're just like, do you think COVID will kill globalization? Or do you think transnational corporate or multinational corporations are more powerful than governments? Like, these are things you could write books about, and then we just have to write a couple hundred words in response to that. And I feel like everyone in the class, we don't know what we're talking about. Anytime we need to write something like this, we're just completely BSing and, like, using, using the words that we've seen in the readings. But I, for one, don't really know what they mean, and I don't have strong opinions on any of these questions. So, yeah, it's a little frustrating. I feel like in every single lecture, we're just saying... We're just hearing the exact same things over and over and not actually getting any new material. So that's globalization for you. The next class is communication foundations, which is my absolute favorite. And it makes up for everything that I dislike. I love the professor. I love the structure of the class. I think I've already said all of this over the course of this podcast. I just think it is a fantastic class. It's a topic that really interests me. I wasn't sure what exactly communication foundations would be about. But then the first thing that we did 
was we read different articles talking about the effect of smartphone use on teenagers' mental health. And I was like, oh, here we go. This is right up my alley. I think I'm going to really enjoy this. So after we did that, we did the history of mass media, which is a little boring, but still okay. And now we're doing different theories that social scientists have had about media over the course of history, like mass society theory, um, propaganda theories, limited effects theory. And this has been really, really interesting. So I'm very much enjoying it. And then photography and videography, that class has been okay. I think I would enjoy it a lot more if I did not have any experience with like cameras and stuff myself. I'm not going to say that I knew everything before the class, like some things have been new. And also the equipment that we use in the university is different from the equipment that I use. So I've learned a little bit about how to work with that. But overall, it has been a little boring because like one of the big, um, one of the long class sessions that we had that was like three hours was learning how how shutter speed, ISO, and aperture work, and then how to take a fast shutter speed or a slow shutter speed photo. And it was just really boring because that was exactly what I did in my photo one class freshman year of high school. Another class that we had was uh, learning how to use Photoshop, which was also really boring. Also, especially because we have 60 people in this class all trying to follow along with the teacher's Photoshop tutorial inevitably people are going to have questions or like their particular software is going to have some weird setting and the teacher has to go around and answer every single question so we actually didn't even finish that tutorial but we did have our computers with us so the nice thing was that I could just like check emails or what did I do during that class I might have been searching for plane tickets for winter break so at least I can get something done and then finally writing skills is the one I already mentioned that's where we're supposed to kind of learn how to properly write an essay i just don't think that has really been happening that is the only class that i have skipped so far fun fact this friday oh my goodness <laughs> this friday i was not feeling good because my period started that day i was very irritated i had globalization before that and globalization always gets on my nerves so i was tired i was kind of in pain i was irritated i knew that we have a 30% attendance policy. If you miss 30% of any class, you automatically fail. And I have not missed a single class yet. So I was like, I might as well start dipping into my 30% budget. And so I just went home and it was fantastic. I have zero regrets. One thing I do wanna get better at regarding attending classes is bringing a notebook because some of my classes, the teachers do not allow us to have computers. And one time what I did was I was just, it was globalization, obviously. I just started like brainstorming um, content for YouTube in my notebook. And he's not gonna know that that's what I'm doing unless he looks at what I'm writing in my notebook. Otherwise it looks like I'm just taking notes. And I actually got a lot of stuff done in that class. I felt very creative and productive even though I was completely tuned out of the lecture. Um, so yeah, I stopped bringing a paper notebook once I started taking digital notes, but I think I'm going to bring just a different like scratch paper notebook just to doodle on or brainstorm on whenever there's not actually anything useful happening in class. Three takeaways from this episode. First of all, active recall. I would definitely recommend watching that video and not just because I'm trying to get even more views on it, but eight study tips. 
I think that was one of my best, like most well-researched videos and probably the main thing that I talked about or the main thing that people seem to get from it is the active recall concept. This is so, so useful. Um, I think it's important to remember that even though studying in an active recall way is harder, it's gonna take less time and you're gonna learn the material better. So like when I was filling out that study guide, I was kind of tempted to just immediately go into my notes, go into the textbook and get the answers. But because I pushed myself to try and remember from memory as much as I could before I referenced any external resources, I think I learned the material a lot better. Second takeaway, I'm having trouble coming up with takeaways from this episode because I feel like half of it was me complaining about globalization and then fangirling about how much I love communication foundations. But my second takeaway is that you should definitely have some sort of a system for how you organize your notes and your homework assignments. So I don't think it needs to be completely figured out at the very beginning of the year because that's when you kind of get a feel for what your classes are like and you experiment with different methods. But probably, I don't know, like a month into classes, you should settle on something that you're going to stick with for the rest of the year because then that way when you have to study for midterms and for finals and whatnot, it is so much easier to review when you have an organized and consistent set of notes to look back on. And then with the assignments, it just helps you to um, manage your to-do list and manage your schedule if you have this clear list where you have all of your assignments in one place and you know exactly what you need to do and by when you need to get it done. And my third takeaway is not something I really explicitly stated in the podcast, but kind of sort of referenced is that you don't need to do everything perfectly. So this is what I wrote my newsletter about this week. I wrote about the idea of being a perfect perfectionist. So this is from the book Renaissance Soul by Margaret Lobenstein. She wrote about how a perfectionist is gonna try to do everything 100% perfectly and that is just not attainable because we do not have the time we do not have the energy and then we end up Stressing ourselves out and actually doing things kind of poorly because it's just not possible to do everything at a hundred percent So what a perfect perfectionist does is they successfully like budget their perfectionism so for example with school you have to be able to identify what is most important for me, for example, Communication Foundation Study Guide, I wanted to do that really well. I dedicated a lot of time and energy to that. For globalization readings, for example, where I know that it's not actually necessary, we're gonna do a very brief discussion in class and it's gonna be basically the same discussion that we have every single lecture, I've honestly skipped a lot of those readings. So. For me, being a perfectionist about, a perfect perfectionist about school means identifying what I need to put lots of time and energy into and what I can be quote unquote lazy about, but lazy in an intentional way because I know that it does not require my full um, commitment and perfectionism. As always, thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you found it helpful. If you want to get the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, you can go to theblispian.com slash podcast and that is where you'll be able to sign up for the weekly email, which includes the show notes, all of the resources that I mentioned in the podcast, as well as the timestamps. I'll talk to you next week.
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at TheBlissBean and TheBlissBean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's TheBlissBean.com podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at TheBlissBean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.